0: Let's go yeah, on a trip. Yeah, let's go on a trip. Yeah, baby. It's not too bad.
1: What was the question again? <laughs> okay, let's go. I'm Angela Coturns.
0: I'm Ian Rogerson.
1: And welcome to Suddenly Senior. This is a podcast series for those of us who've reached a certain age in life.
0: That's right. You can join if you're not our age, but it'll be a lot more fun if you are.
1: <laughs> so strap yourselves in, check your blood pressure, light your spliff. Pour yourself a
0: small bevy and let's go. ha, ha, ha.
1: If you're planning a holiday in a place you've never been, chances are you'll enjoy it more if you can be bothered to do a bit of research, read a guidebook perhaps or a few reviews, get the lay of the land, find out how others have experienced it. Well, that's exactly how Anne Ring has approached ageing. Anne is a health sociologist and writer and instead of fearing old age, she's approached it as she would an exciting new country. And thankfully for us, she has written The Travel Guide. Anne, welcome to Suddenly Senior. Thank you very much. Welcome
2: aboard. (laughs) Lovely to be here.
1: So no one really teaches us how to get old, do they? We have to kind of take it upon ourselves to do the learning. Where do you think the best lessons come from?
2: Well, l- let me just go back a little bit because I love the word ageing. Right? Mm. Ageing, you know, sort of actually we do it from babyhood to, you know, deathhood and that, that's what we do. But the word ageing has now become linked with Growing old and elderly and miserable. A lot of people are scared of that word. Exactly. So, I mean, you don't get manuals to do, you know, because you just assume, you know, you you become a teenager, you go through the ghastly acne business, you get to young adulthood and all that sort of stuff, finding relationships, finding your feet with jobs. You know, you may or may not have a partner, you may or may not have kids. There's a whole lot of stage that you go through. You're not being taught to do anything. My Three daughters have had appalling experiences with no sleep and young babies. I mean, you wouldn't want to go there again.
1: Menstruation, also, you wouldn't want to go there yeah, again?
2: Absolutely not. Well, <laughs> no, I guess. Good point. And so, yes, you know, each stage has negatives. On Each stage has fantastic moments. And that's what ageing is all about as well and I really wanted to draw on the experiences of loads of people that we read about in the media because there's no one rule book, obviously, you know, as, as you were saying, it's a guide book. Um, you know, you may want to go here, you may want to go there. You choose where you want to go but it's good to have some ideas of what lies ahead. Mm.
1: It seems, though, that it's our culture, our sort of Anglo culture, that, as you say, you know, puts the brakes on and screams, ah, I don't want to go there, I don't want to go there. Um but yet in other cultures, old age is revered. Old people are respected and revered, aren't they?
2: In some. There is that sort of group of, I believe, Eskimos, I'm not sure what the correct word is anymore, but, uh, you know, who leave their elderly on ice floes. you know, so it's not <laughs> all <laughs> peaches and cream, you know, everywhere shouldn't in the be world. laughing at that, age. <laughs> I don't think that's such a bad thing. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think there are nicer ways to go. <laughs> but, I mean, in China, of course, they're revered. They were revered, but it's happening less. Mm -hmm. So all the one baby things and the princes and princesses that developed out of that aging has become more of a complicated thing. But here in
1: Aboriginal culture,
2: well, elders. Yes, uh, absolutely. No, I quite agree that they're you know respected in some places, and that's terrific. And I mean. I, I'm a total movie buff. And when you look at French movies, for example, they have great movies with older people yeah. in them. I mean, I don't know if you've watched my oh, that wonderful, wonderful show that's now finished, Call My Agent. Oh, definitely. You know, and that marvelous yeah. woman in there. I mean, yeah, she is She's, fa- she's 89. Yeah. And she's fabulous. You know, so, I mean, and, and when they have people who are aging, you know, 50s, 60s, they don't choose, you know, Julie Roberts and whatever, you know, sort of who looks all very beautiful and, you know, mm. about 30 years younger than she is. They choose people who look their age and they don't choose necessarily beautiful And people. they're smokers, <laughs> usually, at the same time as well. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> but, but got to love they're, the French. They're ordinary people, yeah. you know, sort of. Yeah. And and so, yeah, there are cultures who are more, um, you know, balanced about ageing as well, and and we happen to be less balanced, unfortunately. We're getting, be- we're getting better, I have to say. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm just wondering, Anne, you know, with your research, did you find that this phenomena of being a little scared of ageing is really a modern thing? Because I wonder how much of it is linked to the media at the same time. And images as we're being shown. Well,
2: that's certainly part of it. Mm. But there's a really interesting part in my book. Uh, right near the end, there was two really interesting: as a psychiatrist who's in her eighties and a psychologist in the forties, and they wanted to show how aging, you know, has been feared for quite a long time. And they went back to Cicero, and he'd written a book. And I've forgotten the name of it, of course, because I did mention my memory is really faulty. All, always been, not just happening now. <laughs> um, anyway, and it was a really interesting thing where he was talking about you know all the things that people fear about aging. Nothing new there. So it, a fear of aging mm-hmm. isn't a new thing, mm-hmm. uh, but it's certainly the media uh, exacerbates it. And I have to say that way back when I was doing my PhD, which uh, happened to be on magazines because I'm a magazine junkie. So I thought if I'm going to do a PhD, might as well be fun. And I was analysing. Images and, and text about health and body and so on, very few older people, the proportion yeah. of older people that were shown in the media, in the magazines and so on that I was researching was really highlighted, you know, they highlighted how few they were compared to young people. It's quite, and the older people that were there tended to be, you know, kind of photoshopped to look a lot younger, even yeah. as we speak. It's happening now. Is yeah. that right?
1: And so, Anne, there's so much for women to worry about as we age, isn't there? Can you talk to us about the beauty paradox?
2: Well, I, it, it is very interesting because... You know, on the one hand, we're urged to sort of be liberated. It's not about our looks, it's about how we perform. And on the other hand, you know, a lot of our value comes from our appearance. And some, in some occupations, in some situations more than others. But it's, it means that we're struggling with this. And as you get older, there are all sorts of positions, jobs, for example, that, where looks matter. Mm. particularly for women. Mm. Uh, The media is a major one of that and it's really nice now to see that there are some actors uh, who are challenging that Judy Dench you know all, all our lovely British people uh, Greta Sachi. I've got a quote in her book where she says that everyone's getting their faces sort of you know uh, highlighted cosmetic surgery and so on she's not going to do that so she'll scoop the pool in older roles you know which yeah. I think is very positive <laughs> <approach. thinking>. yeah. <laughs> but you know sort of it, it, it is it is a challenge and um, we have to sort of figure out how to deal with it. I mean, for me, I have my good days and bad days and how I look, and Mm. that's been since the year dot. So, you know, and I think that's happened to a lot of people. Do they
0: correlate with days that you actually feel good or don't feel good? Uh, Because how you look at at yourself in the mirror, you go, oh, this is
2: going to be a great day. I'm looking fantastic. Well, sort of, but not necessarily. I mean, I, I, um, you know, had this really interesting experience some years ago when I was feeling terrific Mm. and I was going to meet friends and, you know, all that sort of thing. And I caught sight of myself in a, you know, uh, window that was very good reflection. And I looked really, really depressed, and I was thinking, "My God, what's happened?" And I realized what had happened. I was getting older, and my you know, you tend to you? in your expression. So you know, I was looking. You know, my mouth was down there, and I was looking like I was a really sad person. So I thought about that for a while, and I mean, I'm, I'm not a cosmetic surgery person, but I, I am prepared to look. You know, make a little bit of effort, and I realized the effort that I had to make was to kind of. Do a little smile, mental smile, which would just bring my mouth up to the right sort of level. And what that did was also, if you're kind of smiling, that's making you feel better. <laughs>
1: And in your book, you write about the great gray hair debate. That's an interesting one that's going on right now, isn't it?
2: Well, and, and not new. I mean, it's sort of uh, uh, Anne Kramer wrote about this in about 2007 and caused a massive, massive sort of interest. It was, I mean, I, I was finding, you know, sort of articles about it in, in Indian newspapers, Afghanistan, you know. It, it was, you know, everybody was into this, cons- mm. you know, this thing. And it's absolutely fascinating. Um, and, and what I love about it is that it uses the word authenticity in completely opposite ways. You know, there are those who feel that the authentic self is the is the young, younger-looking self. Yeah. Uh, cosmetics industries and the hair industries are really pushing that your real self is the hair colour that you were when you were younger. Yeah. So, And then there are the other people, you know, the academics and the people who are into ageing, you know, a positive thing, mm. who are saying the real you is embracing ageing and looking your age and, you know, wearing it proudly. And so you've got, you know, those two people. And then you've got the other group who love colouring their hair because that's who they are. You know, sort of they might change colours or they've got a particular colour they love because, you know, it's kind of bright or whatever. So, you know, it's it's um, it's a really interesting thing and I think the point about that is do it if it makes you feel good but don't do it if you just because you want to feel younger. It's, you know... Yeah, that, 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 you're that's, chasing your own tail, really. Well, aren't you are. And, 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 I mean, one of the things that really drove my book in the early days was... Everywhere I looked, there were all these anti-aging ad- advertisements. And the thing about them, which really got me teed off, was they're all saying: you know, if you do this and that, you can look 10 years younger. Mm. Okay, that's true. You may be able to look 10 years younger, but why not enjoy your look now and then 10 years on you've enjoyed looking 10 years younger and then you're you know, just 10 <laughs> years older. I mean, why not enjoy the age you are rather than when you're 40 wanting to look 30? What's really happening when your mind's being played with by people who are making a lot of money yeah, out of, out of, yeah, yeah, out of yeah, manipulating yeah. your mind? Yeah, you and, 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 you and, write
1: about body peace. That's what you're talking about really, isn't it? Well, making well, peace with your body. Well, uh, 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 it's yeah, body too. And, I mean,
2: I'm a huge fan. I don't know if you remember. Adele Horan's articles but I mean I just loved she was this fantastic journalist who wrote in the Herald and then later on had her own ageing uh, blog site and she wrote a marvellous thing which I have got in my book and fortunately for me I mean sadly she's She's died, and I'll never get to meet her. But she's got a very nice partner who's letting me quote extensively from her book. That's great. It is great, and she wrote a beautiful thing where she was she'd been in Hungary, and I have to tell you, it clicked with me because my background, my parents are Hungarian, mm. and she went to one of these wonderful baths that they have, and there were lots of you know women of all ages, older women, and you know just naked and you know, totally relaxed about their body, and she was admiring that. And then ten years on, she was getting a massage and suddenly feeling kind of really vulnerable because she had, um, you know, lots of scars and she was looking older and all that kind of thing. And she thought back to this time when, when she'd been in Budapest and she just sort of decided to switch her thinking and, and be proud of her body. Mm. And I mean, our bodies, oh God, I could talk for hours about our bodies. We just take our bodies for granted. And it's a tragedy because- We got, run them into the ground, really, ultimately, don't well, we? Well, eventually, yeah. hopefully long in the distance, <laughs> yeah. but it's not so much that. It's that every day- it does amazing things, mm. you know. I mean, here we are. Um, we just take it for granted. You know, sort of. We cut ourselves, it heals. We have a, you know, some sort of operation, it heals. Uh, we have problems. We do exercises. We get better, and it's all happening inside us. And instead of thinking, what a great thing we've got here, we just sort of think, oh, I wish it was slimmer. I wish it was this. I wish mm. it was that. You know, we've had, we, some of us, you know, sort of have pulled, pushed babies out one after the other, and you know, I mean, it's just a miracle, and we don't sit down and think, wow, why aren't we all just thinking hallelujah? You know, what what is this? (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Uh,
0: And your book is engaging with Mm ageing and really ageing to an extent is all about acceptance, isn't it, 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 for the individual. They've got to accept the fact they are ageing somewhere along the line. And and that is a process that seems to be repeated over and over again by people who've been running away from getting
2: older but then suddenly have to grab it and say, yes, this is who I am. Well, not everybody does. I mean, some people absolutely point blank refuse to do that. And I mean, I think that you benefit yourself if you feel happy about ageing. And there's studies which show that people who are happy about their ageing and positive about it uh, and embrace it, they actually live longer and they're healthier because their attitude translates to how they, you know, into their body. And, of course, the other thing is if you look after your body and you do exercises and you're generally sort of, you know, looking after yeah, everything. You've got it, a better life. You've got a better life. And, and it improves your, your well-being mentally as well. So there's some difficult things about ageing. Some people have ghastly times. I mean, you know, you can't just say ageing is, is, you know, whoa. Or fab, yeah, you know, whoa, whoa. Yeah. yeah. Man. Another thing which I find, you know, we have to deal with, we lose people. We lose friends, we lose family, you know, and if we're in a happy relationship, one of us is gonna lose the other and that's really sad. Yes. And worst scenario as far as I'm concerned, some of us, you know, might lose an adult children. Mm. Child, child. Mm. And, you know, I mean that is incredibly devastating. We have to think how to other people who've gone through that, how have they managed? So there's you know things in that as well. We we can't just say aging is a piece of cake, but no stage of life is a piece of cake. <laughs> as you say,
1: and the prospect of dementia terrifies mm. all of us as we age. Does it terrify you? And and how how do you deal with it?
2: Ah well, I my mum had dementia, and um, yeah, mine we, did too. But yeah and, and she lived with us for two years and in the end we did have to find a you know a good place where she could be and it, fortunately because of course we went through that whole thing of don't put me in a nursing home and no I won't put you in a nursing home but by the time she was in one with all her things surrounding her she didn't know she was in a nursing home so that was quite good but I mean she taught me a lot about dementia because she was living with us for two years and I just you know was hoping that she would gently pass away yeah. you know I'd go in one day and she'd be you know dead. dead yeah, yeah. I, you know yeah and thank you for saying dead and not passed. Yes, like that's I It
1: gets me too. <laughs> I can't stand <laughs> <say> it. <laughs> you know, you, you pass like somebody in the yeah. street. <laughs> They're dead. <laughs>
2: yeah. The, anyway, so, so but then one night you know, sort of we suddenly could hear her crying out. And oh. somehow she'd got over the railing and was on the <sighs> floor, arm like that, saying, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And I think, Christ, well, I mean, if she doesn't want to die, I shouldn't be wishing it for her. You know? I mean, this was completely <laughs> yeah. demented by then. Oh. But, you know, that life force was then just powerful. Clarity into in the moment, yes. And so that was really interesting. But, the, wow. yeah, so, I mean, the thing is that if you get a diagnosis of dementia, that doesn't mean that suddenly the shutters are down and you go, you know, it really means that you've got a diagnosis that you can sort of deal with and there's many years that you can sort of work out how you're going to manage things. I've got examples of amazing people, not just plan, but live day to day in a way that's by yourself, you know, functionally and all that. I mean, for me I had one parent who didn't have dementia. He died, my dad, my beloved dad dad, uh, died at the age of 79, nearly 79, and he died of cancer after a really, really awful year. Mm. But, you know, he, he was a death out of order. You know, He was fit, he was interesting, he was you know, and it took me ages, you know, including a little mini nervous breakdown after I finished my PhD and could actually process it all, with my mum, we were able to say goodbye gradually Mm. and, you know, sort of by the time she died it felt right. I mean, I still miss her and I dream about both of them and when I dream about my mum. I mean, I don't want to get it, but if I get it, you know, I I know I've got a family that will look after me brilliantly and um, Mm. you know, I'll do my best to keep as savvy as I can for as long as I can and as I mentioned, because I am my terrible memory all my life. I'm constantly making notes on my hand and all sorts of things. I'm, my memory joggers <laughs> all over the place. So you know, I'm already well trained, well qualified to you know go to the next level. But so
1: you've admitted having a terrible memory, Anne. Mm. Um, you write about uh, the difference between the ability to staying to stay focused mm. and a failing memory. Sometimes the two are confused.
2: Absolutely, and and focusing is really a good thing to do. I mean, I know I do various exercises, you know, weightlifting and everything, and if I'm concentrating on the weightlifting, then I, you know, sort of know all the ones I've done. But quite often, I think about other things. And then I, I think, God, did I do that? Where one? was did I? I do that? <laughs> not not yeah. where was I, but have how, I done those exercises? How many have I done? <laughs> yeah. You know, and I've forgotten. I, I literally, because I haven't focused on the exercise. I've focused on, you know, I mean, all sorts of things that I'm thinking about. This interview, for example, has <laughs> occupied my mind just a little bit lately. Um, <laughs> well, one thing triggers another. That's the
0: thing. When, yeah. when, when you're our age, after a while, you've got a lot of different things going on. Oh, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, so
2: anyway, so that's, you know, so it's a little mini experiment that if I'm focusing on the exercises, if I don't focus on them, then I do them again to say, God, you know, this time I'm going to really remember that I've done the
1: damn things. <laughs> well, and the other thing is when you, w- when you go somewhere, I find myself doing this all the time at the moment. I go walk into the kitchen and stand there and thinking, what, what the hell did I come here for? Story be- of my life. Because I've been distracted five <laughs> yeah. times on the way yeah, to the kitchen. exactly,
2: exactly.
0: With me, I find it's names, and I'll, I'll have it at my fingertips. I'll know exactly the circumstance of the person involved. I can't access the name. So what I do is basically wait a minute or two, and that name usually always pops up. Listen, we wanted to talk also about sex. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, I think who doesn't? That's, yeah. it, it's something we haven't really delved into no, so far. Uh, and, and I don't know whether that's you know squeamishness or, or we basically haven't got around to it, but you've done a, a, a bit of thinking about
1: this. Indeed. That's right. And there's a wonderful quote in the book, if well, I may share it, which is, "It's I'm not sure who wrote this. You probably can tell us. It's time for older people to come out of the closet as sexual beings. I, I think that might have been Rita Moreno. It's, it's,
2: it's, it sounds like the sort of thing that she'd it's say. It's a beautiful yeah. quote, isn't it? it
1: mm, yeah. Old people are still sexually active.
2: Well, a lot are. Um, the studies have shown that at least a third of men and possibly a quarter of women, you know, go on having sexual lives, you know, satisfactory ones uh, into their 50s, 70s, 80s, you know, mm. sort of. And But it, uh, for a lot of people, it slows down. They want it, but, uh, you know, there are problems and they're often reluctant to go to talk to, with doctors about it. You know, there are various things that affect males and some different things that affect females. And if they, you know, sort of were a little bit less shy about it and you know a little bit more confident in their doctors there are a lot of things that can be done the door hasn't shut uh, unless you want it to be shut and then if you if there are you know if if sexual intercourse itself becomes an issue and people can communicate with with each other if they're partners then there are other there's intimacy there's all sorts of ways of showing affection um closeness and you know you can go on being you know sort of warmly loving to each other it doesn't have to just be intercourse i guess
0: the idea has always been though old people it's just going to be companionship isn't it we don't really want them to do
2: anything but it, that, that's changed. And, and, and it not, has, hasn't it? And not only changed, you know, sort of, I mean, uh, older people are getting jumping onto these online you know, dating things mm. and interestingly the um, there's quite a lot of research which shows that it's older women who are getting a lot of sexually transmitted diseases. Now, they don't come <laughs> from nowhere. <laughs> right. because uh, And it's because a lot of them feel they don't have to use condoms anymore. Yeah, right, So there's a lot course. of, you know, consultation, a yeah. lo- yeah. lot of advice it. it comes about-
0: down to partnerships too. I mean, uh, let's face it, because as we were talking about earlier, you do lose people a lot. The absolutely. So, yeah. so you have to have that connection, how are you going to get back together again with somebody else? And, and sometimes it's not that easy because it's that weird digital electronic
2: world you can't access as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Ooh. And sometimes children are put off by the idea that their parents might still be doing it. And there's a really interesting section about, um, you know, retirement villages and what they can do about, you know, the sexual needs of some of their uh, residents. and mm-hmm. that's, yeah.
1: Well, and so th- th- at the very end of this book you talk about preparing for dying and the fact that we're not real. Uh, I'm not afraid of dying really and various ideas of dying and, you know, planning mm-hmm. for your death sort of thing. And you include this most beautiful quote from Walt Whitman which I want to share. I bequeath myself to grow from the grass I love. If you want me again, look for me under your boots. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> it is beautiful. I mean, there, there are some lovely quotes, and <laughs>
1: <Stop>. <laughs> you're hopeless, It's Hopeless. It,
2: well, it's beautiful, and, and yeah, and, yeah, quite, it's evocative. Yeah, and mm. and, and I mean, and I think that that was quoted by my absolute hero, Roger Ebert. This, you know, the film critic, the film critic yeah. who who you know sort of had a most gruesome. Uh, Illness, which caused his jaw to collapse. But, you know, he went on having a satisfactory life for some years and then he started, you know, he was dying and he wrote beautifully about dying. I mean, it's just the way that he thinks about it. Um, As you say, he wasn't afraid of it and he he also quotes Van Gogh in in a lovely way about how you might go to the stars. I mean, ageing is taboo. Uh, you know sort of death is multiply that you know, umpteen yes. time yeah that's yeah, right yeah, yeah. and so that actually is my longest chapter because it's so fascinating
1: yeah Dr Anne Ring what a pleasure and a delight it has been to have you as our guest on Suddenly Senior thank you so much and thank you for writing Engaging with Aging it's perfect it's right in our wheelhouse thank you very much it's brought
0: her to tears already it
1: has
2: <laughs> well I, I've really enjoyed this and I'm not in tears I've had a great time thanks oh. very much great right, Anne <laughs> thank you <laughs>
1: I don't know if it was Anne Ring, if it was the bit of Walt Whitman poetry, but I did get a bit emotional just then. I don't mind that. I think that's just real. I, I cry at Qantas ads. Yes, yeah, not so much Qantas anymore, but maybe Telstra ads, I cry. Yeah. Yeah. Reach for the tissues.
0: I, it's while I'm waiting <laughs> online to get onto Qantas I find I'm crying probably
1: more than anything else.
0: <laughs> anyway, let's not go there. That's a topic for another time.
1: Please like... And also subscribe. Thank you for listening. I'm Angela Couturns. I'm Ian Rogerson. Leave a comment as long as it's nice. <laughs> if
0: it's not, That's right. fuck off. <laughs> yes. See you next time, Angela. Bye. <laughs> and
1: I want wine with my meds. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>